Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partner in radio, Ronald J. Martin. Baby, we are uh, we are without Piper today. Uh, Piper got married, so t- it's unbelievable that he he would not. It's unbelievable he would go on a honeymoon and skip the uh, the recording. I know, dude. I I do have concerns about his commitment, but uh, we can <laughs> we can talk about that off the air. Uh, but baby, we get the uh, we get the privilege of doing radio with one another again, which is exactly. one of our favorite things to do. Um, we hit record as soon as the Skype started, so uh, barely said hello. Barely even said hello. We're barely in speaking terms these days. Um, exactly, baby. There was a little bit of exhaustion and dare I say even despair in your voice, <laughs> um, and I, I recognize that because I'm. I'm kind of at the same place, minus the exhaustion. But but you're on the rim of despair. Oh yeah, I'm definitely. I've been on the rim of despair for a while. But uh, the edge of despair. Talk about That's... your despair, baby. Oh baby, I don't know. It's uh, it's man. It's been one of those. It's been one of those years. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say week. Yeah. Then I bumped up to month. Yeah. Then I bumped up to like season, and then I said, you know, just run with year. Well, that's safe, baby. So, yeah, that's safe. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's definitely been one of those years. Safe to say, but. Uh, Baby, how was the how was the visit with that year at sea? Um, did we not chat about that? I guess we didn't. I, I know you guys did a whole app. We did a whole app on, on it. To, and yeah, thanks for app. that, dude. Thanks for the comment. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're welcome. That's why we did it. Yeah. I'm always thinking about the ramp. Always, always thinking, thinking about, about how we can promote. Yeah, exactly. It's all promotion for me. Yep. It was great, man. Me and uh me, Jared C, Becky C, Melissa C, Ronnie C. I mean, we were we're all we all have C as our middle initial now. And uh we were just, uh, man, we just hung out for about four or five days. Uh, Dude, four or five days? That's long. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a journey. You're an extrovert, yeah, though. You don't get sick of people like I do. You know what's so funny, man? So this is what was interesting, right? If you want to just, if you, if you allow me to just like kind of lay out the sit. Yeah, let's know, go there. Was uh, so you got so you got me and you got Becky, uh-huh. Jared C's uh, wife, and she is like the extroverted extra, like she's the extrovert's extrovert, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, she like in some ways, like there are moments when she makes me like feel like an introvert. She's so extroverted, wow. you know, but like we're both pretty extroverted. Yeah. Right. And then you got Jared C and you got Big M and you got like just you got like case study introverts right there. Yeah. Right. And so, dude, it was a really it was a super interesting, you know, contrast going on there because. Basically, at some point in every convo, whether we're out on the porch or we're taking a walk, you got me and Beck just just literally talking and talking and talking. And you got the you got the other two just kind of looking down, trying to collect their thoughts, wishing they could be in a corner reading somewhere. And um, it was just really funny. Dude, now, does that make Jared C. feel weird? You like chewing the ear off of his wife and vice versa? Well, I don't know. I mean, we're all there. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not like we're off in a corner, but it was, it was just, it was just like, it was so, like the personality types. It like, it couldn't have been more like, um, like if you were to try to do a study on it and throw us into a room together, it was like, oh, this is gold because there's the two introverts kind of basically looking down going, I wish these two people would stop talking. Yeah. And, um, and obviously there's more about there's themselves. No wow. <laughs> How can it be? <laughs> Right, and then, well, then, then, right, exactly. And then as extroverts, we just are make we just make every scenario about ourselves. Of course, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it's like at some point I look at Beck and I'm like, "Hey, uh, you know, we got two people behind us that haven't said a word in like an hour and a half. Yeah, maybe we should speak to them. Yeah, that's tough, baby. You know. So you know, it was 
you got to make those accommodations. Baby, I have uh, I have breaking at Jared C. Wilson news. Oh, what's going on? Man? Guess who's blurbing the boys? Uh, the boy, the boys' Stop. new novel. Are you trying to tell me that that multi-million dollar deal finally came? It finally came. We were able. You got the lawyers in the room. Yeah, we got everybody in a room. You know, it was it was tense for a while. But oh, you got the agents, the managers, the lawyers. What yeah. did that? I mean, just just describe to us how that worked itself out, baby. I haven't I haven't blurbed anything in a while, and uh, Jared reached out via email, and I like I couldn't tell if he was screwing with me or not. So uh, I just kind of didn't do anything with it for a couple days. And then, like, I legitimately... Is that a little payback for you, baby? Because of the whole, like... See, baby, I'm not petty that... like that. I'm a, I'm, a quick, right. I'm a quick email responder under all circumstances. Okay. But I, like, I legitimately forgot about it. Because who cares about blurbs? I mean, truly. It's like the, the blurb... <laughs> what, what even is the analogy? It, it is to the book business, like... Uh, I don't know. Man. I don't even know, dude. It just is what it is. There's no comparison. Yeah. I mean, it's a joke. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Whatever. But um, but but I let it I let it sit there for a few days. And Jared reached back out. And he's like, hey, are you stonewalling me because of what happened like before? Wow. And I'm like, bro, whoa, dude. Way to, way to speak the truth in love. You know, he just. Wow, things are getting serious. Things are getting really serious, dude. And he just confronted. He Matthew 18, that thing. Oh, he Matthew 18, that thing to heck. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's when we got the lawyers in the room. I agreed. Oh, okay. Smoothed it up. You know, I let him know that I would read four to six pages of the novel and then provide my <laughs> blurb. So uh, so that's what's going to happen. I'm- so hold on. So that means you read the other six blurbs he's already gotten as <laughs> as the reading portion of your blurb. Oh, no, dude. I don't, I don't need, like, I, I don't need blurb templates. I can do my own blurb, but... Uh, but yeah, I'm not reading more than four to six pages of it, and uh, it's it's about teens. It's like a teen thing, and it's already it's YA man. I, I read like the first three yeah. pages. It's already got like the most quintessential teen thing in it, which is a car wreck. So we've already had somebody's already wrecked their car, which means um, which means we've got a we got a teen story on our hands. So yeah, we got something going on. Yeah, I will be I will be like um, you know taking a little retreat, a little sabbat, and writing that blurb here within the next couple yeah for sure because what are you looking at man four five six days of just like six days labor six Six days days of labor yeah you know which means i need like a week week and a half away from the family so yeah so what are you going to do you're going to rent a cabin oh i mean like what what do you how are you going to get away to do this to complete this i'm going to go to the ronnie and melissa martin retreat center oh absolutely when is that happening you know that's open you know that's always open for you it's always open for you nice baby nice baby yeah that's going to be a thing for sure um Oh, man, I can't even – I mean, the work ahead of you right now, Big T. I just, know, dude. It feels overwhelming in my head. I know. I'm so stressed, baby, on top of everything else that's going on in the world. Everything else that's going on. I mean, you got COVID. You got racial tensions. And, and now I, mean, I got to write probably this gonna break on. It's going to break on Twitter at some point that you got to write this blurb. Oh, it's going to yeah, be yeah, – I know. It. I mean, you're going to have Russell Moore, like – and you're, you're going to have, like, uh, Al Mohler, like, you know, talking about this on the briefing in four days when he relaunches. Well, dude, where, mean, are where are you going to fall down on that issue, you know? Like, that, that's what I want to know. Are you with me or – are you in or are you? Well, I don't know. You I know. mean, I gotta th- I gotta pray about that. Big you team. do. I, mean, I can't just you know. I gotta. You gotta pray. You gotta see how the process and pray. See what Eric Eric Metaxas says. Just disagree. Yeah. With whatever that. whatever yeah. Metaxi says. Um. Just double down. Time six. That's what I'm. Dude, how about Metaxi's yeah. week, baby? Oh, good grief, man. Dude, now that guy. I don't know Metaxi at all. I've never met him. I know that for a while he was like a golden boy in, in like our circles, and now everybody's just yeah. Kinda, dude writes a Bonhoeffer, yeah. Uh, dude, you know, bio. dude drops a little he's Bonhoeffer like, book, and everybody's all over his jock for a while. But now, like, he's persona non grata, man. 
Um, the, oh, it's bad. It's bad. Now. It, it is bad. What happened? I don't even know. I don't know. It's just because he know. supports Trump, right? He says it out loud kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's beyond that, right? I think I think it goes way beyond that. He has just said some really outrageous things, way beyond. Dude, all right, so we got way beyond Donald Trump. I, I got to ask you about this last thing that he said because, of course, I'm not on social media. If you're if you're playing the the Ted Cluck not on social media drinking game, then drink. Um, go ahead and take a drink now. Um, <laughs> take a nice long gulp. Take a nice long gulp. Um, so Metaxi said that Jesus was white, right? Now, Metaxi's a smart guy. I've got to assume that he's a smart guy to have done all that he's done. So, like, is it just me or did he just wake up in the morning and go, you know what? I'm going to burn woke Twitter and, like, fake woke Twitter to the ground with this. Like, I'm just going to screw with these people, right? It's like TGC hasn't talked about me in a long time. Yeah. Whether good or bad, I need them to talk about me, like, all day and, in fact, all week. So Metaxi drops his little tweet about Jesus being white and, like, Fake woke yeah. Twitter's like, oh no, he was Middle Eastern, you know, and like all the all the stuff yeah. we were talking about, you know, twenty five years ago in college, feeling super clever about ourselves. Every, everybody's dropping that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now, like, why would a guy like Metaxi do that, baby? Well, I mean, there's like different thoughts, right? So you're, you know, you. On one hand, you just go, okay, was this just a purely, you know, clickbaity, yeah. you know you know, comment to like get, to get every, you know, to get all the, to get, you know, to get TGC and just, you know, everybody from our tribe just freaking out and flipping out on him. Yeah. Like, was it that? Is like, he, is he really just the smartest like marketing and promotional dude that's like ever lived? Maybe, yeah. you know, is it that, or does he legitimately like, was that like, was that, is that like a legitimate thing that he really believes and thinks? Right. So those are the two like, kind of like, you know, prevailing you know, I guess opinions about it. Interesting. But, did yeah. did you pile on Metaxi? I said I actually I tweeted something kind of just dumb and funny. Um, you want me to tell you what I said? Yeah. I said uh, you really don't, but I'll tell you anyway. Sure. Um, I'm not on Twitter, so I drink. just yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you can drink this. You can drink this in. I just said something dumb. What did I say? I'm trying to find it right now, man. I said, shoot, man. Um, oh, I said, I remember Jesus being white when I was a kid in the seventies too. Yeah. That's all I said, you know, because we had all, you know, my, you know, just like everybody else, I grew up in, you know, the, I grew up in the, the home that went from, you know, the, con- my parents <laughs> converted Catholics yeah. to Christianity. So it was all surfer Jesus. Dude, you had a ton of dope, like white Jesus paintings in your house. Totally, man. And yeah. they all, they were all Southern California. They all looked like they were like painted in Southern California by the beach. Yeah. By some hippie painter. They all look know, like uh, early career, like uh, Sean Penn, like circa Fast Times at Ridgemont. Oh, one hundred, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Jesus, basically, <laughs> you know. And it was like, so I love it. I don't know, so that that you know, I don't, I don't get into all that. It's so ridiculous to me that it's like you can only either be funny about it or shut up about it. But yeah, um, but there was a lot of like obvious like outrage. Like, is he, is he being serious? Can this be serious? Dude. Does he really think this? And then kind of all of the defenses and all of the outrage and, you know, this is ridiculous. And but again, it leads me to believe that like, oh, you guys, he like you're just playing into his hand. Like mm-hmm. he, this is exactly what he wanted. <laughs> Everybody's talking about him, uh-huh. you know, because right before he drops his, you know, Bonhoeffer part three bon- bio two. next year. Bonhoeffer. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or whatever he's going to drop, yeah, you know, yeah. white Jesus or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. 
um, a bio on Jesus, and it's going to have a picture of like a surfer uh, of Sean Penn from Fast Times on Ridge. Dude, somebody should do a coffee table book of just all those sick Jesus pictures from the the seventies and eighties. Just literally like compile as many as you. Maybe because I wonder who owns the rights to those. You know what I mean? Well, it's probably all over the map. That would be a yeah, sweet I mean, coffee table book. We should look into. Oh that. yeah. Are you kidding? It would be insane. I mean, you would because you would come up with some insane ones that you didn't even know were out there. Yeah, dude. You know that would be super fun. Baby, speaking of books that are going to be super fun, can I break this news break. about our new little project? Well, today? I don't know if I would do that quite yet. Big I mean, we're not, I'm not breaking it, breaking it. I mean, give it a minute. Yeah. I would say give it a minute. Can you can you give me an update in coy, like, veiled terminology of how things are going with that? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, our friend is, uh, is, is happy and is going to, um, you know, report back soon. Okay. So yeah. so the news is good. That, well, so far in the sense that our friend is very happy with us and our decision. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so. baby, we've dreamed about this for so long, collabing together again in a book. And uh, it looks like it might happen. It could. It could. It, it could. It's not. I mean, we're not going to reach the heights of uh, bread, Breadzilla of Christ. Well, no, baby. That's I mean, only, don't be silly. One direction. Yeah, don't be silly. Now, baby, there's only one direction we can go from from that. Do you think if we get another book deal together, that Jared C would blurb it? So maybe my blurb um, to him is an investment in a future blurb from him. I think. I mean, I think there's a really, really good opportunity. I think as many people as we've made mad, we're going to need all the people we can get. To blurb that thing. Maybe who would know? we make mad? That's the I'm kidding. I, Probably you're kidding. nobody. You're kidding. But, you I know, think but, nobody. Well, Everybody. I mean, I, you know, I think, you know, you, you have – I mean, you, you really have to take yourself seriously to get mad at anything that we say on this program, which is mm. hardly anything serious. That's true. Right? That's true. Um, so I always tell people like – I always tell people that say, hey, I enjoy the program and, and sometimes they seem a little tentative and I say, hey, remember – um, man, we like, we don't take ourselves seriously. So we're not, we're not taking any of the content seriously. Mm. And, um, so you just, just be able like freely enjoy it because of that. Yeah. You know, there's no agenda, there's no agenda right. with the pod, right. you know, there just isn't. And I think if you can, I think if you can enjoy it and even some of the more outrageous things that are said, which by the way, I never think are that outrageous. No. Um, yeah, I mean, man, we're, I mean, we are, we, we're pitching softballs here. Absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. Even talk, okay, let's get back to, Meta even talking about Metaxi. Yeah. I mean, we're not tearing down his character and going nuts. I mean, we're just saying that was a, that was a, that was a crazy thing to tweet and we don't even know why he did it, but here's some options, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think he was screwing with people, you know, which you, is that your opinion? Is that where you come out with it? Like he's just a brilliant, really kind of marketing promotional dude. Dude. Yeah. Or he just wanted to see how much he could make like. Twitter burned to the ground for 24 hours. I don't, I don't know. You know, I've, I've got to think he, I mean, anybody who's been around for any amount of time knows that Jesus wasn't white, you know? So like, it's like not new. news. I've got to think he was just messing around, you know? I mean, like, like our moms, our moms might be shocked about that. Big dude. Team, they might, honest. man, they might. But <laughs> I think my mom, shout out Karen, man, Karen Cluck. I, th I think Karen is, uh, yeah, she, she is a Karen. Yeah, she is, dude. But she's the opposite of a Karen, if you know what I mean. She's the anti-Karen Karen. Yeah, she's the sweetest lady, man, for sure. But, uh, baby, we are, we are about one thing and one thing only on this program, which is lining our own pockets and commerce and money and business. Um, in that vein, I want to talk about a couple sponsors. Uh, one is Redbud City Coffee Roasters. 
Did you serve a little red bud to uh, to Jared and and? No, Becky? actually, my stock was. I was out of my stock by the time he came out. I need to I need to reorder, and I haven't. So unfortunately, I wasn't able. Baby, to so that. you had to do six days worth of meals for these people. That must have been such pressure, man. As the host, you know, you got to put on for him a little bit. I mean, you know, me and Big M, that's kind of a sweet spot for us, man. We enjoy it. Good. So we're we like doing the. Uh, we like doing the B and B. Dude, did you know? Martin. Did you just take like a whole week off of work? Like, hey, Jared C's in town. I got to entertain, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he came in basically like Thursday through the weekend, so I was able to get a bunch of stuff done before that, and then yeah, just entertain him. Then he, you know, he did his Sunday stuff, so it was it was good. Yeah, it was all right. Baby Redbud City Coffee Roasters is our yeah. exclusive coffee provider here on the Happy Rant Podcast. You can find them at redbudcoffee.com. Uh, if you use the checkout code Happy Rant. Uh, you will receive a discount on your coffee purchase. Uh, they have many flavors, many blends, many single origin roasts. These are all mm. these are all coffee terms that I'm familiar mm. with now because I'm a mogul in the coffee business. Mm. And um, when they sell you a bag of coffee, they get a cut. It's a larger cut than ours. I'm not going to lie. I just want to be transparent with our audience mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. that our coffee partner they get a larger cut. Um, mm-hmm. and we get a little bit too, so it's a good uh, it's a good deal that way. Baby, I always find myself in these deals where like the other party gets more than I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that way with Jeff yeah. and Amazon and like the publishers. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to come out on top, baby. I want to. I want to. Yeah, one of these days, when when you start the empire, you'll get the big cut. Absolutely. This is an empire, though. Happy Ran is our own empire, and we're uh, we're building it, but we're doing it the right way, baby. We're just still not getting the biggest cut somehow. <laughs> That's right. It's our own empire in like in name only. Uh, right. but everybody else is getting, baby, we got to get Piper back on the horse so we can make some new deals. I don't yeah, like this, man, like I, non-sponsored this whole, like, like I'm getting married and going on my honeymoon. Yeah, dude, I don't so like ridiculous. this. I'm getting married thing, you know? So ridiculous. I mean, congrats to them. Congrats. Yeah, to congrats right. Kids, like, we're, we're, yeah. right. We're not like against that. No, like let the, let the, let the hearers understand. Like we're not against him getting married. I have no yeah. problem. He can get married. He can do whatever he wants, but what he needs <laughs> to be doing primarily is business for this broadcast. Yeah. Don't forget about the show. You know, yeah. I mean, to me, that's I'm outraged over that. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's no excuse for that. Yeah. I mean, do you? Let me ask you this, Big T. Do you do you think you know? To me, a honeymoon is you know that's not just an excuse to not do anything. I oh. mean, he should be. I hope he's. I hope he's getting us some business, dude. What does he think it is? A sabbatical? I mean, come well, on. exactly, exact. <laughs> it's not a sabbatical. All right, hit up yeah. Redbud City Coffee Roasters. Uh, buy some happier at coffee. Help line our pockets. Um, another little project, uh, my son, Little T, uh, is selling signed copies of The Outstanding Life of an Awkward Theater Kid on uh, on eBay. They're author signed. Wow. So look up author signed copies, Ted Cluck, or the title of the book on eBay. Buy one from my son. He ships them out lightning fast. He's doing this for a little like personal economics course he has to do. So uh, nice. a little school project, a little lining of the pockets. Everybody wins. By the way, baby, like... I think since I mentioned it the first time on the show, like sales are uh, sales are robust on that book now. And are they? Yeah, the, the Amazon reviews have spiked up. So what? Yeah, I know, baby. I know it. I'm hitting the big time. I'm going mainstream. You really are. You know, and, and you never thought you'd do it with graphic novels. I never thought I'd do it with That's... graphic novels, but I'm I'm so glad, man. I'm so glad. Yeah, crazy uh, new venture. It is you. crazy. It is crazy. So check that one out. The Outstanding Life of an Awkward Theater Kid, put out by our friends at Harvest House Publishers, yeah, who we may or may not be doing a deal with in the future. I'm just saying. It'd be nice, you know. Uh, you never know. I like those guys. Do you ever have, like, breakfast with those guys at a conference? 
The Harvest House um, yeah, dudes. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I did with. Uh, I think his name's Kyle. I did one to, at a T4G. Dude, those guys are fun, man. Yeah, they're really great, man. My experience with them was like stellar. With uh, yeah. the the uh, children's book I did, it was stellar. That's been yeah. the best like publishing experience I've ever had. Has been with Harvest. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They're really cool. Yeah, they're good yeah. dudes. Baby, speaking of Christian celebrities like ourselves, um, is it J.D. Greer? I'm suddenly blanking. It's C.T.E. J.D., yeah. J.D. Yeah, yeah. J.D. Greer, America's point yeah. guard, Christendom's high school point guard. Um, yeah, has done a, he really is too, isn't he? What's that, baby? He really is. He really is, dude. He I mean, really is. He's done a strange thing. And um, I know that you like talking about the business of church and the business of Christian celebrities. So tell us what J.D. Greer is up to. So JD has a church of like 24 million people. You got right. one of those. And um, <laughs> so those church, so this is what's interesting about the whole COVID thing is like in terms of regathering, yeah. it's like if you're a smaller church, it's finally paying dividends for you sure. in the sense that regathering's not a big deal. Yeah. You can figure it out. You don't have that many people. Yeah. And um, so that's been kind of a good thing. It's been an easier thing. Um, but if you're a church with 24 million people like Greer, like Summit Church. Yeah. Um, you you have some issues there because, dude, you can't just do services all day, seven days a week, yeah. which is what he would have to do to get everybody in, right? right? And so this guy, and again, J.D. Greer is one of the good guys, man. And so what he did, he did this crazy thing where he literally said, we are starting 2,400 <laughs> house churches Yeah. Instead of, instead of trying to, you know, do some regular Sunday, you know, gathering at the, you know, at their regular location. Now, baby. So basically he took all their small groups, I guess, somehow mm-hmm. and, um, and sort of formed 2,400 house churches out of it is what, what I'm guessing, which is pretty, uh, pretty insane. Yeah, that is insane. Now, like, how does that differ? And you tell me, cause I haven't been to seminary. I'm not in the church business like you are. How does that differ from just like, we're streaming a sermon and everybody watches it at home? Is this just semantics, or is there something like more house churchy about it than than? Well, I'm, dude, I'm yeah, standing. see, that's what I don't know. So, I, does that okay? So, the impression I got is it's not that they got twenty four hundred people gathering in houses that are just going to watch Greer on the big screen, yeah. but like these are actual going to be this, this is going to be like the Frankie Chan, like no, these are these are churches. They're just done in homes, uh-huh. and they're limited to you know whatever they can do by social distancing 15 people or 20 people or something. And um, so they obviously have somebody there that I don't know is going to, you know, lead some music, preach a sermon. Um, And and again, I I may have that all backwards because the thing that I'm trying, the thing that I'm trying to figure out is how did he have 2,400 like people, like pastors that, that could do that at the church. Well, they could like prepare a sermon and like do that. It sounds like a very unique church, baby. You know, well, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to put it past Greer um, because, you know, he's you know, he, he does some magic things. Right. But but so it might be something where I don't know, maybe they still maybe they still log in and they hear Greer. Dude, know, can I ask you a question about Greer? Yeah. Being that I know next to nothing about the guy. Yeah, I don't I don't know much either. So. Is he a, is he a phenomenal speaker? Because some of these Dude, guys, you know they get famous and you yeah. hear him speak and you're like, huh, I don't I don't see it. But other other uh, they get famous and you're like, oh, yeah, I can see it. I know, and it's. I feel like it's more okay. Let's just talk about that for a minute, yeah. man, because I think that's super interesting. Yeah, like I think, um, I think more often than not, the guys you listen to that have a listed themselves, you kind of go, meh. Yeah. You know, you're not that they're not good. Yeah. But you just go, well, I man, I don't know. Like, 
I don't know if I'd want to listen to them like every week or now, baby, I want to go know. in on your vernacular right there though. Cause you said, you said something interesting. You said the guys that have a listed themselves unpack that. What did you mean? Oh, by? I don't know. I wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to be literal or, or a listed the guys that have become a list. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, they have names. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so some of these guys, this is what it is. Some of these guys, like they're, I think their specialty like whether it's church planning or they're really good when it comes to pastoral leadership. So they write books or they build these big ministries and you just kind of go, okay, that that's amazing. And, you know, you're, you're really gifted, obviously, you know, with, with a particular kind of skill to be able to do that. But it also doesn't mean that you're necessarily the greatest public communicator of all time. Yeah. You know? And so like, so in other words, like some of these guys, they built their ministry from their preaching. Yeah. So then when you hear them preach, you go, oh, there it is. Yeah. And then other guys, you just go, well, that wasn't really what kind of like got, got you kind of the following that you have was necessarily your preaching. So then when they preach, I think you kind of go, I mean, it's fine. It's solid. It's good, whatever. Yeah. But it's not like just like, oh man, I want to hear him again, like ASAP. Dude. So what about our boy Greer? Did he have like you know, four, four people in a church and they were meeting in a broom closet and he grew it to 24,000 or did he take, I don't know the story. I don't know the story of Greer. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he did. Some of these I, guys, I they just take over the keys to like a mega church and it's, you know, whatever. He may have done that, but he also has that. I think he has that kind of uh kind of that. He has that real, does he have some charisma baby? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. He's super, he's super charismatic. He came and he did a, uh, he did a keynote at one of our, uh, one of our sojourn events a few years back. Uh-huh. And, uh, dude, he was good. I mean, honestly, he was really good, but he was very much like that, that super, like, like kind of manic, never took a breath, yeah. run on sentence, but like a ton of, like, he didn't know what to do with all of his energy. It was like wow. dripping off of him, all the energy. And so, you know, like, I think in the world that he kind of operates in, I think that's really appealing because it's, it, man, you're, you're not bored. I'll yeah. tell you that much. And by the way, his content was super solid too. So sure. the content was there. And but I could also see somebody kind of go, oh man, I don't know that I could like that's not my cup of tea. I don't know that I could that I could do that. You know, it was a little too, it was a little too uh, excited. I like somebody who pauses, is a little bit slower that I can understand. He spoke really fast. He's just one of those. He's kind of a Maddie Chan kind of a speaker. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, one of those guys. And that's just not everybody's cup of tea. But a lot of people love that. Was he a fun guy? Good hang. Did you hang? Um, I didn't hang with him, but I mean, he seemed like a really normal, super fun guy. I mean, um, I mean, you always hear great things about him. I didn't get the chance to hang with him at that event, but um, really, I don't. He seemed like a really humble dude, and just, um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, he, he, he. Uh, I mean, he definitely delivered something that was really, you know, powerful and true. And baby, I got content a wise was, was good. Yeah. When the when the conference circuit comes roaring back to life in sixteen years, or. Whenever, whenever it happens, baby, who's, who's going to be the next guy? You know what I mean? It's time for a new reform star. Who's it going to be in your opinion? Yeah, they've been, uh, so some of the conferences now have been, have been main staging, uh, trip Lee. Oh, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, this is new. That's new. Yeah. Um, they've been main staging, uh, T4G main staged a couple of new dudes, Greg Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert's been around a while, dude. He got on the KDY train like a decade ago. Didn't they do yeah, some but he's never, book to- But he's never main staged. Yeah, they did a book together about the mission of the church, but he's never main staged it. And so I don't know why it's taken him that long, to be honest. Huh. But uh, Dude, see, I so thought I, he had the tools back when he hopped on the KDY coattails. I, I was like, this guy's going to be a climber. And then it didn't really pop for him. It, it, it like... 
he was like a high draft choice that has to spend a lot of years in the minors before he's ready for the big leagues. But um, yeah, and I don't know. And, and baby, here's the thing: like, yeah. I don't know why that is. Yeah, like, I don't. You know what I mean? Because like, I do know that Gilbert came out of the the Capitol Hill. Yeah, you know, you know, thing, and so he's obviously buds with Dever, yeah. and so I don't know. You know, I think. I think T4G this year, they, they tried to really diversify rather than having the same like seven speakers. Yeah. So they brought in guys like Gilbert and, and Triple E and Triple E did a TGC plenary a couple like last year. So I don't know. Hey, what about I mean, Triple E? Good speaker? I, I've never heard him. Huh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do those sessions. Yeah. And then the other guy is HB uh, Charles. He's kind of in the last couple years. Dude, never he's heard really him. just kind of. He sounds like an old guy. Yeah. With the initials, but it's, I bet he's a young guy who's doing old guy he's, things. Yeah, he's young-ish. He's like you know, in our world, he's young. He's like forty-four, and he's and he's a African American guy. He's he's a pretty amazing preacher. So he's just, I mean, that's his thing. Yeah. So when you hear him, you just go, "Oh, okay." So we need to hear this. Dude, is he selling books? I think so. I mean, he's just, um, and I think at some point. He was uh, he was a guy with all the really solid doctrine that our tribe hadn't embraced fully yet for some reason, huh. and I think we finally did. And it's just, I mean, he doesn't disappoint. You know, I mean, he's just as he's solid. He's an amazing speaker, and he just delivers the goods. Yeah, you know. So I, it's it's fascinating how it all works, though. And I haven't I've been able to figure it out at all. I have no yeah. I have no clue how it all. Maybe he's all on the faculty then, at your yeah. at your new school, right? Is he at uh, MBTS? Is he okay? There you go. Then yeah. yeah. Baby, how's well, school me going? And HB are going to hang out, you know. How's school? Oh, baby, it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's a slog for me. I got to be honest, dude. Have you been to the drugstore and like purchased a few of those Mead notebooks and some pens and like you got your I school mean, supplies shopped for? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm almost done with the first semester, okay. and uh, it was uh, just finished. The first half of the week was all Zoom classes. I was supposed to be in KC. Yeah, they canceled. I was on Zoom all week. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's you know. It's just, it's a, it's a rough, it's, it's a rough go for big R. Let me just lay it out to you like that. All right, baby. I want to, I want to hear about why it's a rough go, but I want to ask you this question first. Like why all these pastors getting doctorates? Like, why are you getting a doctorate? Baby, I don't know. That is the, <laughs> that is the greatest question of them all. Yeah. As uh, Willy Wonka would say. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I kind of got a, uh, I got a foot in the door that I wasn't expecting. I got kind of a door open that needed to be open for me to even pursue it. Yeah. Um, and so it, it opened, I wasn't chasing it and I, and I just thought, you know, should I, should I do this? Cause it just opened. Yeah. And so I finally just said, you know what, I'll do it. And man, I, I've been, you know, it's, it's just, it's been a bit of a, I just think I haven't gotten into the rhythm of it yet. You know, you, yeah. you know, you kind of get into the rhythm of like the schoolwork mixed with everything else. And for some reason, just given everything that's going on, it just hasn't, I haven't gotten into that rhythm yet. Yeah. So, no, I get it. But, um, I get it. but I don't know to get a doctor. I don't, I don't know. You know, it just, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I was, you know, I was really happy to get my uh, master's and somehow I guess that wasn't enough. And, uh, so, you know, here we are. I mean, is it just so. a thing that guys do now? Is it just kind of like the, like if you're, if you're a guy of a certain theological persuasion, you're just getting a doctorate. Yeah, I mean, there, there's probably more of like, a, it's probably, yeah, it's probably pre- prevalent in our tribe a little bit. Yeah. You know, there's probably something to that. And plus it also, you just think, well, th- could this give me, kind of like you, Big T, mm-hmm. could it give me opportunities to do some teaching down the down yeah. the road? And, um, you know, and, you know, you're not going to, you're probably not going to get to do that on a seminary level with just a master's. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that, so it's almost kind of like, 
Well, you know, I'm in a good, I, I, I'm in a season, I'm in kind of a weird season where I, it's not that I have a ton of margin, but I don't have young kids and, yeah. you know, there's all those things. So it's like, can I, can I find the margin to do this? I was able to do it with my, with my masters and it's like, yeah, let me see if I can pull it off. And it's like, uh, maybe that was the worst decision of all time. I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. So it's one of those things. Cause I'm just not like, I'm just, I haven't really gotten totally, you know, immersed yeah. yet into it. So that, that's what it is. Baby, when you get that doctorate. Oh, it's going to be big. Yeah, it's going to be the greatest happen. feeling of all I mean, time. What are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to, are you going to feel like it's hard for you to talk to me or? <laughs> well, yeah. Is, is it going to be like <laughs> a lot of intimidation in the room at that point? Dude, I, I spend know? most of my time with arrogant guys who like to be called doctor. So I'm used to it. You know, I've, I've learned you're how gonna to call me. Doc, you're going to call me Doc Martin when that Doc, when that uh, Doc Martin, I might get you a pair of Doc Martins just to commit. Dude, to, I appreciate that. I would like that gift because yeah. I like gifts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're one of those unique, crazy people who likes gifts. Yeah. It's weird, huh? Yeah. It's so weird. Dude, there's going to be a little letdown though. After you get the doctorate, a little sense of like, what now? You know, it's kind of like when, when Jared and Becky pull out of the driveway and the thing that you had like been dreaming about for six months is over. Like, was, was there a little <laughs> bit of post, like, Post visit depression for you and Big M when the when the Wilsons left. A little bit of what's crazy. <laughs> what's crazy is that we didn't have time because we literally dropped them off at the port, yeah. and we literally drove straight to a sojourn mini retreat that we put on for some for some couples. Oh yeah, so we had no we had no time to grieve. For select There's no couples. grieving time. Yeah, yeah. Select, <laughs> you know, you know when you're with the martinis, you do select things. No time to grieve. We're, yeah. We're, no time to grieve. Baby, just right. stuff those feelings and go right to the next thing. Exactly, man. Like every good pastor. Just absolutely stuff, stuff it. Let it let it burble out later, you know. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. Wow. Well, I feel like we've <laughs> we've we've done what we always do in this program and that we've Have we really wandered? I mean, have we done it? We haven't done that much. We've caught up on our personal lives. I don't know that we've really wandered to and fro that much. We talked about well, your doctorate about- and your Wilson's vision. Give me a little more of your personal. Tell me what's going on. Let me get, you said you said, OK, let me let me let me take over for yeah. one second here. So you said that you wanted to put you told me this and I quote, um, I have a desire to put a moratorium <laughs> on the phrase. It's the first domino to fall during COVID. I don't even baby. Yeah. I don't even know what you mean by it's that. a sports so explain thing. That. But like it's, it's right. ever since COVID started six months ago, there's been some like a-hole online. Like whenever anything gets canceled or changed because of COVID, somebody's always yeah. like, well, yeah, you know, first domino to fall. Um, <laughs> I feel like COVID is just apex mountain for that kind of guy. You know what I mean? The kind, the kind of guy who's like, yeah, I saw this coming. You know, um, they're loving COVID uh, because it's just a chance to be negative like all the live long day. Well, hold on, hold on. Flesh that out because that's – okay, nobody – I have not – that's fascinating, yeah, Big T. Because nobody, I haven't heard anybody come at COVID from that angle. That there are, wait for it, people that love it because it gives them a chance to complain about. Well, it. dude, yeah. So, and this is actually a real topic. It only took us thirty-five minutes to get to one, but but exactly. So, I think there's, I think there's a certain, and this isn't revelatory. This isn't like huge breaking news, but I think there's a certain kind of miserable person out there who sort of revels in the idea of something bad happening so that the rest of the world can feel as miserable as they do. And believe it or not, I'm not that kind of person. Like I don't, I don't feel miserable under normal circumstances, nor do I want other people to, but 
I feel like COVID has been a really uniquely special moment for people who are that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. And, and there, there's just this sort of like, well, I, I told you we were going to lose baseball or, you know, this NBA thing's not going to work, you know, and, and one player gets COVID and they're like, ah, yep, yep, first domino to fall. And I'm just like, well, by definition, it can't be the first domino because we've been doing this for six months. <laughs> you know, like, you don't have you to. You know what it is, you don't, Big T? You just hate, you just, you get like trite phrases that lose their meaning just drive you batty. Dude, they don't. do drive me batty. And especially in the context of, of this, you know. Um, where, where I'm already driven batty by it. Like I'm already on the, on the rim of despair as, as you so eloquently said in the intro. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't need that. I don't need that guy saying it's the first domino to fall. So are you, uh, are you feeling, are you, do you have like, do you have some COVID despair, Big T? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, not about, or is it just general despair, but it's because it's COVID you would have to almost like call it COVID despair. No, I mean, I always have general despair, right? So like my general despair is always, I don't know, somewhere between a three and a six on a, on a scale of one to 10. Um, so yeah, lucky, lucky KK gets to deal with that. But, uh, oh, she's such a lucky, she's gal. a lucky gal, dude. Just fun for her to be able to navigate that. But, uh, good times for both of our ladies. I've always thought that. Yeah. Yeah. Really. They, they hit the lottery. <laughs> They're like, wait, you mean to tell me you're going to be glum all the time and not make a great deal of money? I'm in, you know. One day there's going to be this personality test called an, called the Enneagram, right. and you're going to marry literally the worst possible Absolutely. Whatever expression the, of it. Whatever the worst possible like permutation of that thing is, that's what you're going to marry. So, no, I mean, I, I think COVID, I'll, I'll say a funny thing and a serious thing. The funny thing is, and it's not really funny, but it's just like – there's a wry sort of glumness that sets in when just literally thing after thing after thing, every single thing you've looked forward to just gets like snatched away. Right. It gives you, I know. And that's like, that's the big thing, right? Right there. You just checked it right there. Right, dude. And, and again, all the caveats, whatever, I don't want to get finger wagged on Twitter. Like I know there are worse things in the world. I know people died from COVID, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. I get it. But yeah, what whatever your things are that you've looked forward to, whether it's going to see a movie in a theater, or eating a meal at a restaurant, or having season baseball tickets, or watching your kid play a senior season of high school football, which we're really hoping is a thing that we can do. You know, whatever your things are, like when you see them get taken away, it's it's sort of a you know a kick in the junk. However, and this is the serious thing. I mean, I do think from a spiritual standpoint, it's made me cling to scripture a lot more. Like I'm reading more. I'm listening to Dwell Bible more. Shout out Dwell Bible. Um, I'm reading more good stuff and I'm, I'm, mm. I'm feeling more connected to the material. And as a result, I'm feeling, I think, more connected to the Lord. Yet that doesn't always manifest in happiness. You know what I mean? And I think that's the unique challenge of being a a person who's oriented in a little more of a glum direction, you know, joy is a much more ethereal concept for us, I think, but, but I will say this, and I don't know if this is for stuff. You can tell me you're the, you're the Enneagram coach. I feel like when I feel joy, I really feel it. Like my highs are really high. My joyful moments are really, really joyful. Um, 
but my despairing moments tend to be pretty despairing too. And, uh, there's, they tend to be a little polarized on, on one end or the other. Yeah. I think, um, no, I think that's spot on. So yeah, I I mean, I think everybody, yeah. Doesn't everybody have COVID glumness? Like, I don't want to know the guy who doesn't have COVID glumness. Like I actually know a couple of those guys and they're nearly impossible to talk to right now for me. Like, I just can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't kind of live through that conversation. You know what I mean? Well, I think I, I've only known, okay, I know of one person that has embraced it. Okay. To the point where they're like, they're very, they're very introverted. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that they've had to distance themselves from people, like that's a sweet spot for them. Yeah. Yeah. And so instead of feeling like I, you know, I know I need to be around people. I know it's healthy to engage. I know, you know, I need to be in community and in fellowship. Mm-hmm. They've just basically said, Hey, um, as a, as a, as like a deep introvert, yeah. like this, this has the, been the best season of my life Judas. because I don't even have to feel guilty yeah. about not being around people because I'm instructed not to be. <laughs> and, um, so, so for them, Dude, does this person, this- does this person have a family? Oh yeah. 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 Cause see, so, like to me, all the, all the kind of warm, nurturing, being alone stuff doesn't – it doesn't kick in when my family's around. Shout out to my family. Right. I do love my family. But right. like sure. – You know what I mean? Like the the real tank-filling introvert stuff. Like I, I really truly have to be alone for that to kick in. Um, so yeah, when you're, when you're quarantined in a house with your wife and kids, it's not like uh, – I don't know. Some deeply introverted moment for me. So that dissipates for you when you're around the fam. Yeah, dude, because the fam is work. I mean, they're great, and I and I love them, and they they provide a lot of joy. But they're also, I mean, anybody who has a family knows that like having a family is work. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're not you're not off the clock when they're you know needing stuff. You mean it's not just like the easiest thing in the world? I don't really get what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, there are those people too, though. The people that like make make you believe that it's the easiest thing in the world. Maybe I'm just jealous of those people. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's man. I think that's some, that's a fascinating thing to unpack though. It is because it's like, it really like some of these things are incredibly, you know, you, you know, you go back to our sanctification and our, you know, you know, the ability of the spirit to change our perspective and to not be so circumstantially driven. Right. So we can find like, so I can find more joy in a situation that I'm in today that is a na- that's negative for me than I could have 10 years ago because I've grown some. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's been a slow grow. It's a slog. Yes. It's still not a great spot. Yeah. But if you were to say, Hey, do you think you could, do you think you have like 5% more? Can you get to 5% more joy in a very, for you negative situation that you would have 10 years ago? Yeah. I would say, well, absolutely. But like, it's still like, it's still, I'm still low. It's still negative. You know? yeah. 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 And then you think you look at other people who, just man, they they have the kind of personality where like they just they're able to bounce through situations and scenarios, and they just seem like largely unaffected. And, yeah. and the fact is, you you know it's true because you know them, so they're not just happy on the outside, you know, dying on the sure. inside or anything. You but you just know like man, you just don't you process things like so differently than I process them. Yeah, yeah, you know. And um, and I, I mean, we only know what we know. We we only know what we experience from from you know what we experience personally. But but that kind of stuff is fascinating to me because it's like you look at somebody and you're like, I wish I could be that and do that. Yeah. And you're you're and you're staring yourself in the mirror, going, but I can't. I just can't. Dude, it's fascinating to me too. And, and okay, so here's an unanswerable question, probably, but I'll I'll bounce it off you. How much of what we 
have traditionally called quote unquote spiritual maturity in a person. How much of that do you think is just personality? Just dumb luck. You know what I mean? Just you were born with it in the same way that, you know, uh, I was born taller or whatever. You know what I mean? How much of it is just dumb genetic luck and how much of it is actual spiritual maturity? I think it, I think that, yeah, I think the personality thing, it definitely is a factor. Yeah. You know, because when you're around people that just have a sunny disposition, no yeah. matter how gray outside it is, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that is like that is a particular kind of personality. Yeah. I also know that those guys, they battle other things uh-huh. that like, you know, I don't battle. Dude, like right? what? And what do they battle? I'm just well, curious. I think that there's. Yeah. So I think I think people like that, they you know, those people have a hard time with empathy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, which I have so, an easy time with empathy. Right, because you you can see somebody who's sad, or they're you know, in, in whether it's your kind of sad or not, sure. you know, sad. Yeah, and so you can say, "Hey, I'd, I'd love to listen to you. I want to hear what's going on." Yeah, and you're going to be able to relate to them. And I think people like that, they're they feel a little. They can they can have a sense of they can have a, a tad bit of out of touchness. Yeah, because again, they just they just never they oh they only see the sunny side of life. Yeah, and I think so. If like from a ministry or like a fellowship standpoint, they got to work really hard at kind of looking people in the eye. And, and, you know, you know, taking that smile <laughs> off their face and actually listening and going, OK, I need to I need to see if I can understand your pain and try to feel your pain a little bit yeah. so I can show some empathy. So that would just be one thing. Yeah, these I are the know. kind of people that say things like, well, why can't you just decide to be in a good mood? Exactly. Well, gee, it's right. easy. Because, yeah. Because for them, it is just in the way that like. But then, so like for us, too. So like for me, um, I. Not all kinds of sad or bad. In yeah. fact, I'm I'm drawn to music and to movies. Sure, where there, there's a kind of melancholy and sadness in that that actually makes me happy because it feels it's enriching to me. Yeah, and it gets me thinking about things that I like to think about. Yeah, um, it you know we we talked a lot about nostalgia on the pod in the past. Yeah, so like that that's all stuff where it's like, hey, not all sad is bad. Yeah, right. Like there there's there's benefits to being like in touch with that side of your personality, and so. I don't know. There's, there's pluses and minuses, you know, around. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good, man. That's good. I I think too, like just to put a finer point on my COVID sadness, it's not just circumstantial, like, Oh, I'm losing baseball or whatever. It's the way, the way that it's brought out the worst in people, I think is Mm -hmm. comprehensively sad for me. Like for example, this will be dated by the time we trap the episode and, I don't have a dog in this fight because I don't do politics and I don't believe in it, but, and I know you don't either, but this guy, um, Herman Cain, do you remember this guy? He was like a, I do. Yeah. Whatever. A presidential candidate. He, he died of COVID Yeah. and everybody's basically like, well, you know, he, he didn't want to wear a mask, so he deserved it and screw that guy. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like you're kidding me. Like this is what people are literally monsters, dude. Like this is, this is a, a, a manifestation of, yeah. A lot of the ugly stuff that we see in scripture about sin just taking over and hardening the heart completely. Yeah, the hardening of men. Yes, dude. 100%. So I look at that, and when I look at it too too closely for too long, I get so sad. You know what I mean? And that would be a, I mean, I think, you know, but that, but that speaks well of, I think, the heart of a Christian where we... Man, that kind of stuff should sadden us because yeah. it shows a particular kind of soft heartedness that we're supposed to be cultivating and developing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, so, man, we should be sad about people's reactions to things 
that are out of line with Jesus's reaction to things, right? right? So if Jesus is going to be grieved over Herman uh, dying of COVID, like we should be too, and Jesus would be, and right. is, you right. know? And so we, I mean, I don't know, that stuff is like, I don't know, for those are like, those are like basic tenets of the Christian faith yeah. right there that yeah. you're describing, like, like Christian character, yeah. which is like, hey, we're, we're sad when somebody is hurting. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter the politics. And like, if somebody is hurting, if somebody has died, um, that, you know, w- we show empathy. Yeah. There's empathy. You know? There's a certain level of just respectfulness. So Appropriateness, maybe yeah. that like Judeo Christian ethic was more baked into the culture in a common grace sort of way decades ago, you know, and, and, I don't know how much I should be grieving over the fact that we've lost that. Maybe it's just, maybe it's been gone all the time and I'm just down noticing, you know, that could, that could be it. But Well, I think too, no, but I think you're, I think, I think you're making a really good point though. I think in the past, like pre-social media too, I mean, you think about like, you know, some of the things that we dare utter on social media, we would never dare utter to another person, sure. a human being, because it would sound outrageous. Yeah. And it sounds outrageous on social media, but when we announce it and we utter it on social media, we immediately have a pool of people that are going to give us the yeah, 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 right. yeah, that that kind of like that encouragement. Yeah. And so it, it emboldens us in ways that, you know, we are, social media has emboldened us in ways um, that are against the cause of Christ. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's what you're describing, which is like, man, in the past, what would you, you know, you would, let's just say that you did feel that way. Let's just say that you had zero empathy because your first reaction was one of, well, I didn't care for him anyway. And I hated his politics yeah. and he was a monster or whatever you want to say about sure. it. Like, like you wouldn't, you, there would be very few people that you would feel comfortable even admitting that. Oh, totally. Even in the privacy of your own home, I've got to think there would be, a little catch in your spirit that would say, I'm not going to say this because I don't want to sound like an a-hole, <laughs> but right. Even to your, even to your, like, even to your wife, even to your wife. Say, yeah, yeah. Hey, you understand what I'm saying here. And you would even qualify it like half a dozen times. Yeah. If you were saying it to her. And then she would still say like, Ted, that's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Whoa, that's, you know, that's not who you yeah, are. And she would be right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's what, that's what I mean. It's like, but now we don't, we don't have those safeguards. Right. And, and so, and because those safeguards don't exist, it's seared our consciences. Yes, dude. Too. I think that's what I worry about the most. Like I'm not so worried about a virus. I mean, I, I, I think, yeah. I, I, you know, whatever will happen there will happen. And I mean, if I really cared about my body, I wouldn't have played football all those years. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you, you make your peace with like, you know, doing stuff, but, but I guess I'm not so worried about COVID as much as I'm worried about what it's revealed about what's in our hearts and the kind of world that like my kids and Lord willing, my grandkids are going to have to live in, you know? Um, I mean, what's it going to look like when they're our age? Um, that freaks me out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't even, I mean, we're not going to be around to know, but yeah, it's going to, or I don't know. The medicine's going to be so good. We are, I don't know. But, <laughs> I don't want to be dude. Yeah. I, don't, I really don't want to be. You want to be in glory? I get it. I do want to be in glory. I don't know. I get it. Gosh, I go so I glum it. on these shows, baby. I Apologies well, to our. Let's audience. end it on a glum. End it on a glum note. Let's just do it for once. Yeah, let's do it. You know? We don't have to. We don't have to always be happy on here. No. Which is a good thing be the, because I rarely am anymore. Um, it can be the glummy rant. You know? This has been. This be. has been nice, though. We kind of. You know what we did? We kind of found our way 
into you into some good dialogue about thirty five minutes in. So uh, it took it took us persevered. We did we persevered the perseverance of the set. That's right. right. It took a few minutes to get there, but doggone it, we uh, we right. did it. And lived out the pea and tulip. And baby, like, maybe we'll have some positive book news to report here in the coming weeks. I don't know. I don't you want, never can tell. I don't want to put you the cart can. before the horse. I have put a down payment on the uh, you know the summer home, but I, well, I'm so well, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, are we even optimistic if we don't do that? You know. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to get right. that deal from six figures to seven figures, and you know, Lord willing, that'll that'll happen. I mean, yeah, summer houses, you know, on the horizon. Baby, this has been fun. We've done what we always do on this program, in that we have uh, wandered to and fro throughout some topics. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.